I just sense in my spirit this morning that someone walked in this door going, no one knows who I am. They only know what I let them see. And I feel the Holy Spirit saying, yes, but I see you. I know your name. You can't hide. Nor do you want to. No matter where you've been, what is going on in your life, God knows who you are. Amen. And here's the amazing part. Do you know that there is nothing you can do about it? He loves you just like you are. But what happens to us is that when we become uh, this person that we know that God is calling us to be, which is a process, you begin to love him so that you never want to let him down. You begin to love him so much that you want to be the person that knows that this is who God has called me to be. That's how we get better. You don't have to get better to walk through these doors. You don't have to be something you think you're supposed to be in order to walk through these doors. And maybe you're at home and you're watching today and you're like, you don't know my life and you don't want it. The church doors would fall apart if I walked in. And here's the deal. That's not so. These doors are wide open for you to walk through just like you are. Amen? Amen. Now, amen, Corner, are you here this morning? Amen. All right. Um, I'm still on cloud nine from revival last Sunday. Oh, my goodness. Becky, watching you and your sister get baptized, that was like amazing. We got to watch sisters and, and baby Kay and Steph remembered their bapti- baptism on Sunday. It was beautiful. And then I have to tell you, I think I heard one of the best sermons I have ever heard last Saturday night by Pastor Stan. I am not kidding. And I don't say that lightly because I already know Pastor Stan can preach and I hear a lot of good preachers. But last Saturday night and Sunday morning, were amazing. And I, I, I challenge you that if in this time this week you're looking for a time of devotion, a time of prayer, go back and look and watch those sermons. You will not be disappointed. And not only that, but I challenge you to share them. Because I promise you, every single person in this country and in the world need to hear the message that he brought to us last week for revival. It was a message of revival. Amen? Amen? Ooh, I was excited. I've been thinking about it all week long. I keep telling Jeff, I'm like, I can't get this out of my my spirit. It's like, this is so good. The words that he brought, the message, the choir, and the music that sang. And let me tell you, you knew that Crosswalk was in the house. I just stand proud. Because I'll hear a hoop and a holler and an amen and somebody's standing up and I know right who it is. It's a crosswalk person. We, we ain't afraid, amen? We ain't afraid. We want the Holy Spirit to move wherever we are. And that didn't in just Asbury. That can be in the sanctuary, amen? Amen. If you're visiting with us today, please know that we love you. We are being very careful here at Lover's Lane. We are aware of the numbers and the pandemic, but know that we are being careful. We are keeping an eye on things. You will see the staff around here wearing a mask. 
And that's just because we want to take care of you um, and those that are around us. We're just being cautious because we are here all the time and we're around a lot of people. So we want to be careful. Um, but we're, we're watching out and we know there are some that aren't here today. We want you to know, though, that you can come back. We've got place for you and you don't have to sit right next to someone. Um, so do not be afraid of that and do know that the church is watching. We don't talk about it a lot, but we are aware and we are uh, paying attention to what is happening. So please know that um, everyone's safety is important to us. But I'm just quite frankly ready just to pray Rona out the door. Amen. I'm a little over it. I was a little over it a long time ago. I guess now I'm a lot over it. So right now I'm just praying for Rona to go away. Like if we can get rid of leprosy, we can get rid of Rona. Amen. So that's my prayer right now. I will also tell you that we are in a series called The Art of Neighboring. I've had fun with this series, but not going to lie, it's reminded me, like I keep saying over and over, I am not a great neighbor. Like, I mind my own business, and I'm not Miss Kravitz. I'm not trying to check out everybody else's business either. But I've realized that as my, my neighbors that I've loved so much have retired and moved, um, I don't know some of my other neighbors. So every day I'm looking at the chart going, what neighbor do I need to go meet today? And I love that some of you are sharing your stories about your neighbors with me. So thank you for that. Um, Y'all are making me feel bad and look bad. So thank you for that too. I love it. I love that we are all discovering though too, that we're a neighbor. What does a neighbor mean? What does it mean to be a neighbor? Are you a good neighbor? Are we paying attention? Not nosy neighbor. That's what I'm talking about. But are we paying attention? I will tell you what I learned in this series. Carla, it made me laugh because I walk all around my neighborhood and I, I love it. And so I was walking the direction I hadn't been in a couple of weeks and realized that about eight houses down from me, the house that I've walked by a hundred times with this really cool old Corvette is the reason I knew this. It's gone. It's gone. Like there is no remnant of a house ever being there except for a yard. And I'm like, how did I miss that? How eight houses down from me did I miss this house is gone. It's gone. But it hit me that how many things in my life are just gone or they change and I'm not paying any attention. I kind of miss it because I get so focused in tunnel vision that I miss sometimes the things that are changing around me with my neighbors and I have not even paid attention. I haven't paid attention to that person that is right next to me or in front of me or the house eight doors down from me. I didn't even get a new neighbor. There is no house. It's gone. And I missed it. So how, how do we get ourselves in the place to pay attention? Well, part of that is, is about this series and discovering the art of neighboring. What it means 
to be a good neighbor, what it means to pay attention, what it means to focus. And I'm not just talking about the person that lives to your right or your left. I'm talking about the person that walks in front of you or the person in the grocery store line or even that person that cuts you off on the highway. And I know I say that a lot because I drive 114 and everybody cuts you off on that highway. It's scary on that highway. Pray for me. I drive 114. That's what I tell everybody. So today we're going to talk about from the scripture and a couple of stories. Now follow me for a minute because every single one of you, I think, in this room are going to know this story. It comes from Mark, and I love the book of Mark. Mark is not usually very long because you can read the same story in some other gospels. And Mark is usually the one that gives you kind of the shorter version, except on this story. Mark really steps out and kind of gives you the long version. And we're going to start, if you're following it, Mark 5, starting at verse 21. We're about to have church. Y'all ready? Amen? Amen. Jesus crossed the lake again. And on the other side, a large crowd gathered around him on the shore. There was always a crowd following Jesus. Jairus... One of the synagogue leaders came forward. When he saw Jesus, he fell at his feet and pleaded with him, My daughter is about to die. Please come and place your hands on her so that she can be healed and live. So Jesus went with him. Uh Uh-oh. A swarm of people were following Jesus, crowding in on him. And a woman was there who had been bleeding for over 12 years. She had suffered a lot under the care of many doctors and had spent everything she had without getting any better. In fact, she had gotten worse. Because she had heard about Jesus, she came up behind him in the crowd and touched his clothes. She was thinking, if I can just touch his clothes, I will be healed. Her bleeding stopped immediately, and she sensed in her body that her illness had been healed. At that very moment, Jesus recognized that the power had gone out from him. He turned around in the crowd and said, who touched my clothes? Uh Uh-oh, wouldn't you want to be that person? When Jesus stops everything he's doing and says, who done that? His disciples said to him, don't you see the crowd pressing against you, yet you ask, who touched me? But Jesus looked around carefully to see who had done it. The woman, full of fear and trembling, came forward, knowing what had happened to her. She fell down in front of Jesus and told him the whole truth. He responded, ooh, I love Jesus so much, daughter, Your faith has helped you. Go in peace, healed from your disease. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Do you believe in miracles? Oh, now come on. Do you really believe in miracles? Now, Jen, you do because you're a walking miracle. And sometimes in our life, we don't even understand miracles until we've like, had it happened to us, right? I, I, I mean, you guys know my lung condition. And, and, and literally, I stand up here being able to sing and speak to you because I am a walking miracle. It's true. And so it's a little easier for me to, to 
stand up here and tell you, yeah, I believe in miracles because uh, I had a friend that would say, do you believe in miracles? And then somebody said, no. He said, well, then you hadn't been very sick then, have you? But do we really believe in the miracles of God? We read this story over and over, and we have read it many times. But do we still believe that miracles are very real? Every day we ask for prayer for our neighbor, don't we? Our friend, our sister, our brother, our relative. And we hope that we see the struggles and the hurt in their lives go away. But have we really become that neighbor that believes in a miracle? Today we ask some interesting questions about being a good neighbor. And what does that have to do with our Bible story? So I just have to say this though. When Jesus does it, he does it upright. He didn't do one miracle here. He did two. So don't forget, he already had one of the leaders in the synagogue come to him and say, hey, I need you to help my daughter. That's where Jesus was helping, and we know he heals her. But on the way, he already heals someone else. Jesus ain't playing. When he does it, he does it right. I always love that part of this chapter. And he does it so nonchalantly. He's walking in the crowd and a woman reaches and touches the hem of his garment. So we ask ourselves this question, what type of neighbor are we? Be honest. And I'm not just talking about those that live to your right or your left. I'm talking about those that are around you. What type of neighbor are we? In this story, we have two types of neighbors because there's two synopsis here, right? Someone standing in the gap for his daughter asking for healing and one who boldly reaches out on her own. We have two types of neighbors. This story reminds me, am I advocating for my neighbor? And am I acknowledging my neighbor that is bold enough to reach out and touch the hem of Jesus' garment on their own? Am I helping them? Darius, we find, is a leader in the synagogue, and he knows in order for his daughter to be healed, he has to advocate for her. So he is waiting on Jesus to get to the other side so he can immediately get to him and say, listen, I need your help, and I need it right now, because if I don't, get your help, my daughter will die. Sometimes we have to advocate for our neighbor. We have to stand in the gap. And that's an old school term, isn't it, Carla? Do you know what that means? That means sometimes I have to stand for you in a place where you can't stand for yourself. That's what a neighbor does. Is we stand in the place and we stand so close that we don't let go till we know that our neighbor gets some relief of whatever that situation is. We stand because we say, you know what, between here and there, I'm standing here, I'm praying and I'm believing and I'm trusting and I know, God, you're going to move. And I'm going to stand here until we see that move. Sometimes we have to advocate for our neighbor. We have to go to God and we have to ask for that healing touch. We have to say, God, I need you to move in their life. We have to go to God for those who cannot go for themselves. 
Now, on the side of that, being a good neighbor also means that, God, you don't have to answer it like I'm asking. God, we just need you to move in this situation. Because sometimes, here's what I've learned. I think the only time I'm a good neighbor is if God answers it the way I want him to. But God's going to answer it the way it's supposed to. And I have to let go of my way of what that should look like and say, God, right now what we need is your will in this situation. And God, I'm willing to stand in the gap and advocate for my neighbor until whatever that is, God, you need to do happens. The second part of this story is Jesus is on his way to heal the daughter and a woman that had been extremely ill. Now, let me tell you, if you're a woman and you've been sick for 12 years from an issue of bleeding, you are sick. She's done everything she can do. There's nothing left. She's spent all of her money. And not only does the scripture tell us she is still sick, but she's getting worse. Now, some speculate all the things that they think were wrong. She needed a hysterectomy, that she needed, you know, uh, probably it was appendicitis of some sort. I mean, there's a million things, but it doesn't matter. What we know is the woman is sick. And if you've ever been that type of sick, you would just rather die to get better. So you no longer even care. And she knew that her last hope was getting to Jesus. She knew that. And sometimes we have to be able to see our neighbor that their last hope is just reaching out and touching the hem of his garment because that's all I've got left. I've got nothing else left. Guys, that probably means she couldn't get to him. That was as close as she could get. Whether the crowd was too big or she had zero energy, whatever the reason is, that was all she had left. All of a sudden, she reaches out. And a crowd that you barely probably could get through because they were waiting on Jesus, headed to Darius' daughter, and she's like, oh great, what am I going to do now? And all of a sudden, she touches that garment and she's healed. But to me, that's not the miracle. The miracle that happens is when Jesus goes, wait a minute, I felt that. Who did that? And ain't nobody in that crowd want to raise their hand. Did y'all notice that? Even the disciples are like, Jesus, what, what are you doing? Like, why are we stopping? We are on a mission. Sometimes we can get in the, in the way of the story, can't we too? And Jesus says, no, I want to know. And Jesus begins to look until he sees her face and she comes forward. And all of a sudden, guess what happens? A praise break happens. They begin to praise because she knows, he knows what I know, and I know what he knows, and this is what happened because I felt it, he felt it all at the same time, and I'm well. I'm well. And Jesus says, you know what? Because of your faith, go in peace. You are healed. He says it just like this. He says, daughter, your faith has healed you. Did you hear that line? Your faith has healed you. Go in peace. Healed 
from your disease. Get up and go. Sometimes our prayers are answered when we advocate for someone else. And sometimes our prayers are answered because we got out of the way and helped make a way for someone else to reach the hem of his garment. But in order to be a good neighbor, we have to pay attention to which way is that supposed to be. Am I supposed to be helping make a way or am I supposed to be advocating? God, what is it you would have me do? Are we putting our belief and prayer into action? That's our next question. As being a good neighbor, are we putting our belief and prayer into action? I mean, guys, come on. It is really easy to make it all about us. My life is crazy. My life is busy. I can give you the checklist if you don't believe me. Look at my calendar. But here's what I want you to understand Jesus isn't going to ask you what your calendar looks like. Jesus is going to say, are you putting your beliefs into action when your neighbor needs you? But Jesus, I was really busy. Are we pausing to see it? Are we doing what God is telling us to do? Are we making all the excuses of why we can't? Darius could have said, you know what? There's too many people around here. There's no way I'm going to get to him. But let me tell you something else. He loved his daughter enough to make it happen. You have to love your neighbor enough to make it happen. You have to love your neighbor enough to make it happen. You want to see a change, then be the change you wish to see. Be the neighbor you wish your neighbor was to you. When we pray, we are listening But are we listening enough to know God is speaking to us to put our prayers into action? So when we begin to pray, it's easy for me to pray. What's hard is when God says, go do this. I'm like, but that means i got to leave my house. That means, God, that I've got to move something on my calendar. God, that means that the only day off that I have, you're telling me i got to go do something else. Mother Teresa says it this way. She said, a life not lived for others is not a life. When people ask us to pray, that might be the greatest thing that you could ever do for someone you love. But sometimes the Holy Spirit tells us to move and stand for those we love. Or give. Or share. Or stand with them. Or make a way for them. And as we begin to move in what the Holy Spirit is telling us to do, guess what happens? Are we recognizing the healing power of God? Because sometimes as a neighbor, we want to fix it all, right? We're advocating for them. We're making a way for them. But are we recognizing the healing power of God? Because I have a tendency to say, well, it's not working out. Well, it's not working out my way, but that doesn't mean it's not working out. It's just not working out the way that my feeble brain could could make it happen. And God says, watch this. I will literally tear down that house and you don't even know it's gone anymore. 
Y'all, that was the craziest thing ever. I'm like, where am I in the twilight zone? But how many of us have done that? Well, when did your child get 10 years old? It's yesterday I was in the hospital when they were born. Because we've gotten so busy in our own lives that we've forgotten that our neighbor needs us. And as we close today, we ask ourselves, and are we recognizing the healing power of God? Are we loving our neighbor enough to help them to see the healing power of God in their lives? Are we reminding them of the faithfulness of God? Are we constantly looking for what is going on right? Now get a load of this, instead of what's going on wrong. How many of us can't wait, if we're honest, to get into a conversation to tell you everything that's wrong? Or everything that person doesn't do right. Or how this person treated me. So how am I supposed to be a good neighbor when they treat me like that? And God says, here's how you do it. You find the good. You don't find the bad. Here is what I will tell you. If you're still standing today, that's a good thing. Now the problems that you are facing may be a hard thing. But you're standing here today. That's a good thing. There's always, always, always something to be thankful for. And there's always, always, always something good you can find. Carla, I think about you periodically when I think about missing my mom. And there is not a day that goes by I don't miss her. And I know you're dealing with what comes with that. And I know what that feels like. And so those are the moments for me that I went, okay, God, if you're faithful... I don't know. I was just being a brat that day. But show me something good through the loss of my mom. And I felt the Holy Spirit say, go look in the mirror. Because you're still here to do the heritage that your mom left. What kind of neighbor are you? For me, I became that kind of neighbor that I wasn't a great neighbor because I was too busy licking my wounds and trying to get through my grief that it was hard. I felt like I was doing really good because I got up out of bed that day. But guys, it's time for us to take that next step of just getting out of bed and helping our neighbor get up and move. Maybe for some of us, it's going to the feet of Jesus and saying, you know what, my friend, my mother, my daughter, my son, whatever, they need you, God, in a way that I can't do anything about it, but God, you can heal, you can touch. And when I looked in the mirror that day, I realized, okay, God, you're not done. You're not done. And the worst thing I can do is give up. Because what the enemy wants all of us to do is to give up. Because then we don't love our neighbor. We're not taking care of our neighbor because we're taking care of us. You know... Being negative becomes a habit. 
You know that? Like in your life, when you are negative, it becomes a habit. Just like anything else in our life can be, it can become a habit to be negative. But then all of a sudden, when you see who Jesus really is in your life, there is nothing to be negative about. Does it look like I want it to look? Is it perfect? No, but Jesus is faithful and God is right there in the midst. That is something right there alone to go. Thank you. So I ask you again, what kind of neighbor are you? Are we advocating for those in need of a miracle? Are we helping our neighbor get to the foot of Jesus? Are we acknowledging what is needed? And are we acknowledging what God has done? That same God that healed that woman, that same God that healed Darius' daughter is the same God whose presence is in this place right now. Let me say that again because y'all just looked at me. That same God that healed that woman that same God that healed Darius' daughter is the same God that is in this room. So whatever is going on in your life, I promise you, God is big enough. But the art of neighboring calls me to get out of my own way. The art of neighboring calls me that in order to be a good neighbor, I got to know my neighbor. Because that same God, that same God, he's never left us. We felt alone, but he's never forsaken us.